0: My name is Emily Hines and I attend Houston City Council meetings and I take notes and now I am sharing those notes with you. Today's notes are from the Council meeting on September thirteenth, two 2023. First up, there were two public hearings. Public hearing number one considered an amendment to the code of ordinances, which would allow rooftop signs on protected landmark buildings, as long as those buildings originally had a rooftop sign and are two stories tall or less. So don't get excited about y'all putting rooftop signs up on your houses. This is an effort to aid preservation and restoration efforts like at the El Dorado Ballroom. Public hearing number two considered a tax credit for Brookside Gardens, which is an affordable housing apartment complex in an extraterritorial jurisdiction, or the ETJ, near Beltway 8 and 288. The ETJ is a five-mile band around city limits with limited regulatory control. I don't 100% understand the ETJ, just FYI. When Councilmember Plummer asked the developer's rep how they plan to address already existing concerns from residents, he expressed faith in their property management company. Plummer then said it might be difficult to enforce habitability codes in the ETJ, but she hopes the developer's partnership with Houston Housing Authority will yield results. She concluded by saying, quote, we need to make sure that we are watching this closely. Councilmember Evan Shabazz seemed to take offense and said, just to be very clear, we always keep a close watch on what's going on. I was a little confused by this, but maybe she takes ownership of this area. I guess you could say it's near to District D, but that's a stretch. Next, I'll go over the mayor's report. Most of the mayor's report was spent talking about water main leaks. Mayor Turner highlighted that Houston Public Works has fixed 3,956 leaks since the start of June, which is about 400 per week. He complained about old pipes, some as old as 100 years, but said the heat and the drought affect new pipes as well. He commended Public Works employees and contractors, saying they're going as quick as they can and spending lots of money to fix the problems. Public Works Director Haddock and Chief Operating Officer Randy Mackey, and I do apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, were present to answer questions. Director Haddock said Public Works is staffed to handle about 100 to 200 leaks per week, which is normal during non-drought time. You might remember they've been working on up to 400 a week. The water system is under stress, and we need to keep up that pressure for firefighting and for medical facilities like dialysis centers and schools and nursing homes. She agreed it is frustrating to be asked to restrict outdoor water use for lawn maintenance, especially when you see a leak run in on the street for weeks. But she begged patience and affirmed that crews are working seven days a week to get things repaired. If you see a leak, call 311 and also do not assume someone else has reported it. If a leak looks like it has gotten worse or if it's actively gushing, call 311 again so they can adjust their priorities. Councilmember Member Kamen asked Public Works to quantify the cost of the leaks for possible reimbursement. She asked if there is new tech we could be using and Haddock said no. PVC is the current standard and we are already using that. Councilmember Thomas asked for a general repair timeline to pass on to constituents. COO Mackey said to expect two to four weeks, and I can relate. There's been a leak a block away from me for about two weeks now. Director Haddock issued one final ominous warning. Sewer pipes are sensitive to heat and drought as well. If you notice your toilet or bathtub draining slowly, call 311 ASAP and it will be prioritized. The city does not mess around when it comes to poo water, and you already know I am paraphrasing Director Haddock did not use the words poo water. Moving on from the water leaks, Crystal Acorfor is stepping down as the Deputy Inspector General for the Office of Policing Reform and Accountability. She is moving to the Inspector General role at Harris County. In her former role, Acorfor facilitated police reform, including revamping the IPOB, police transparency dashboards, gun buyback events, and One Safe Houston. Her protege, Christina Nowak, will take her place. Okorafor said, quote, It was an experience of a lifetime. Wherever I go, I don't think it'll ever be what this was to me at this time. My boys mean the world to me, and the changes that we've made for my two black boys will make a difference as they get older, end quote. Referencing the Astros' 2017 World Series win and their apparent current struggles, Mayor Turner said, quote, The Astros carried us during Hurricane Harvey and afterwards. Well, let us now carry the Astros. They need us, y'all. So let me ask Houstonians to step up and let's carry the Astros across the finish line. Send them a text or send them a tweet or light a candle. Say a prayer. Get on your knees. Wear your jersey shirt. Whatever. End quote. It was just a, I don't know, it struck me as weird moving on to some selected agenda items agenda item 5 approved final payment for a 26 million dollar project to build a new fountain view regional lift station Councilmember pollard said the lift station at fountain view in richmond is in a very busy intersection and he wants it to be kept up appropriately he complained that long grass and general eye soreness made it difficult to ask neighbors to keep up appearances also we must keep up appearances Councilmember Plummer tagged items 6 and 8 because of concerns about MWBE requirements on co-op purchases. I'm not going to go into it all. Please see last week's notes for more details. She would have tagged items 10 and 11 also, but refrained because 10 had to do with parts for school zone traffic signals and 11 had to do with PVC piping for public works. Item 9 approved $222,000 for six hybrid vans for the police department. Item 14 approved a $5.2 million non-amortizing forgivable loan of Uptown Tourist Funds for two affordable housing developments in District H. Item 28 approved a public hearing on the city's new tax rate on September 27th at 9 a.m., Last week, Councilmember Knox tagged item 31, which is $2.3 million for design of a drainage project in District J, because he takes issue with the Dedicated Drainage and Street Renewal Fund, or the DDSRF, being used for work that isn't actually breaking ground. He expressed that same sentiment this week, encouraging other funds to be used, but he could no longer delay a vote. District J, Councilmember Pollard was glad to finally vote on this item today and said, quote, it's their tax dollars. At the end of the day, I don't think they care what bucket it comes out of because it's their money. They want their tax dollars to go towards projects to mitigate the flood risk that they experience, end quote. Councilmember Alcorn said, quote, I will argue all day long that the engineering for a drainage project is part of the drainage project, end quote. This item passed today with only Councilmember Knox voting no. And finally, I'll go over the Councilmember Popoff. Councilmember Evan Shabaz of District D is concerned about deaths in the neighborhood. She plugged two career fairs, the One Houston One Book Block Party, and a suicide prevention workshop this Saturday at TSU. Councilmember Huffman of District G plugged a conversation on crime on Thursday, September 14th at St. Martin's Episcopal Church. Councilmember Cisneros assured Denver Harbor residents that the emergency waterline repairs at I-10 and Crest should be completed by Thursday. She commemorated today's anniversary of Hurricane Ike and said, we're not out of hurricane season yet. Councilmember Martin of District E plugged two town halls, calling them his farewell tour. Councilmember Castex-Tatum of District K outlined some construction on the Sims Bridge on 288 that should last for the next four weeks. You can visit drive288.com for more information on that. There is also a Harris County Flood Control District virtual meeting on Tuesday, September 26th regarding Sims Bayou. Councilmember Gallegos of District I gave a history lesson type speech to commemorate the start of Hispanic Heritage Month. Councilmember Peck of District A outlined some local projects and plugged a Coffee with Cops event. Councilmember Cayman of District C plugged extended pool hours on Saturdays and Sundays at the TC Jester pool through the end of October, water temperature allowing, She wished a happy Rosh Hashanah to all those celebrating, which starts Friday. Councilmember Pollard of District J plugged the Dia de la Independencia Parade in Gulfton. And that was the meeting. Kind of a short one. I sincerely thank all of our Patreon supporters. That link is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. If you would like to join that very cool team of people, you will get a shout out on this very podcast. And I also thank ACLU Texas for their support. This podcast has music by Joe Wozni, and it is produced by Connor Clifton. That's it for this week. I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening.